This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to another episode of A Sunday Kind of Love, a new show on BFM. I'm Maya Tan and I have Tasha Fusil with me. A Sunday Kind of Love is your laid-back Sunday kind of show where we talk about what's new and happenings, books, film, music and a little bit more. And while throwbacks and retrospectives are nothing new, it does seem as if in the new millennium we really haven't done very much apart from the iPhone and the World Wide Web and apps like Instagram. Um, it just seems like we really haven't done very much but look back. For example, the National Geographic Channel has created a three-part documentary that's appearing this month entitled The 90s, The Last Great Decade? Question mark. And Kurt Anderson of Vanity Fair wrote an article denoted that apart from phones and tech gadgets, everything pretty much looks the same. And there are more signs of this, right? Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was really popular in the 80s and 90s, will not be the only throwback superheroes being referenced. Guardians of the Galaxy from the late 60s need not even be mentioned. And now we can even look forward to... Yes, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. And any fashion magazine or high street store right now will show you that the crop tops, high-waisted jeans, plaid shirts and Doc Martens are referenced from the halcyon days of our... Okay, my misspent youth. So in today's episode, we're noticing that nostalgia, not necessarily just for the 90s, is a common thing. You know, uh, just looking at our performances and happenings. Uh, but Rhythm and Bronze, the Gamelan Group's child protégés, have something fresh to offer from under the sea. It's music theatre or gamelan theatre as we call it with Rhythm in Bronze and it's a story about some children who go looking for their missing parents without giving too much away and obviously on but it's about being on the waves, stories from under the sea, above the sea and in the sea. And then our resident couch potatoes, Na'a Murad and Edwin Suman, try to discuss their affinity or lack thereof to the 90s. <laughs> nothing compares, Irene, nothing compares to you, Irene. But in the end, you know, grief for Robin Williams takes over and we end up watching clips of him on YouTube instead. Damn it, man, what's going on with you? What? Jim, I'm a doctor, not a busboy. I don't know why. What is it about your mind? What is it that does this thing to you? I, try to explain yourself. It comes from a deep part inside myself that was actually looking for my mother, but yet I saw that moment when she looked up there and I went, okay, I'll be funny for her, but that, okay, that's fine, work that way. And finally, getting ourselves out of the festive slump, Tasha Fusil cooks up some life hacks for our well-being. The breath of fire yogic technique. All this is, is taking deep breaths through your nose. So with every inhale and exhale, you're pushing your abdomen out and into your diaphragm. Let's try this. You know you're doing it right if you make that strange fire-breathing dragon sound. But first, let's talk about some things to look forward to in the week ahead. We were talking about how nostalgia is something that everyone seems to be feeling and infusing into their work. There's an exhibition called Pulau Melayu Lost and Found. It's at the Lost Gen Gallery in Bataling Street until the 30th of August. You can check out the website. It's lostgenerationspace.com. 
It's a collection of authentic Malaysian stories by four local artists, Chong Kim Chiu, Liu Kui Fei, Lao Yi Chi, Minstrel Quick Ching Chie. It's interesting how it's Pulau Melayu though, and all the artists seem to be of um, Chinese-Malaysian descent. Yeah, it actually, on the website, I mean, when they covered this uh, event online, they talked about how these four artists were actually, um, yeah, it, it highlights that they're Chinese mm-hmm. and that because of the quota that was imposed on non-Malays back then, they couldn't uh, go to school, they couldn't go to art school in, in Malaysia itself. So these students have gone overseas or they've gone to Singapore or just uh, outside the country to learn, to, to learn their art. Wow, mm. I like the idea of what it, the title suggests. You know, lost and found mm-hmm. sort of things that probably you know things that happened in the seventies, um, or possibly be even objects or little you know trinkets, memories from that time, a, a forgotten time that that's probably going to be like resurfaced and like uh, examined in this uh, exhibition. Mm-hmm. It just sounds intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, it says that, you know, they're going to exhibit works that are based on topics related to the Malaysian context. It'll be a presentation of various art forms, painting, printmaking, photography, video installations and writing. Sort of maybe looking through the eyes of Malaysians now and seeing what they felt or thought of the past. There's also another exhibition that's going to be happening at the National Visual Arts Gallery. It's a retrospect of the life and work of Malaysian artist Long Tian Shi. It's a body of work that spans over 50 years and will be a mixed medium of art that uh, traces the development of various social and cultural aspects throughout the decades. So that would be something interesting to look at as well. Another Chinese-Malaysian artist uh, looking at Malaysia through different lenses. It'll be interesting to contrast what, what kind of work will come out of Pulau Melayu Lost and Found and then contrast that to uh, Long Tian Shi who's had a very very long career in mm. the art world and I think it'll be really exciting to see uh, an extensive body of work from like just a single artist I don't know you don't get to see that a lot a very clear detailed progression of someone's artistic style but in Malaysia I, I've yet to I don't know whether it's because I haven't been going to the right places um, but I've yet to see that so I'm quite excited to, to have a look yeah well one of our favourite events is coming up Art for Grabs KL it's happening on the 23rd and 24th of August but this time it's at the school in Jaya 1 in PJ mm-hmm. so uh, Art for Grabs uh, if you're familiar with it it's traditionally been held at the Annex Gallery and this time it's a collaboration between Art for Grabs Sisters in Islam and the school by Jaya 1 and it's to celebrate women and creativity there are going to be a few booths at the Art for Grabs that are from NGOs and from local causes and one of the ones that um, have been highlighted uh, is Shu Ray's interactive community art installation uh, it's basically her she's going to get, invite everyone to bring fruits and it's going to be an installation I think in a, in a circle where you're invited to place and arrange the fruits yourself and mm-hmm. then the fruits will then be donated to the women's aid organisation refugee centre and also the women's aid organisation childcare centre so you contribute to the installation and you can donate cash as well. Mm-hmm. This cash will be used to buy fruit for the WAO Refuge Centre and WAO Child Care Centre. And speaking of children, there's a performance that I'm actually really looking forward to. It's called Ombak Tales from Above and Beneath the Waves. Venue is at Kuash Theatre in Tamantun. There are 8pm shows and 2pm matinee shows, I think, on the Sundays. It's on from the 9th to the 22nd of August. And you can find out more from ticketpro.com.my or facebook.com slash Bites of Delights. So Bites of Delights are a group of children 
uh, of various ages, I think, from around 8 to the late teens. And they are protégés of um, Gamelan Group Rhythm in Bronze. So the cast from Umba were in, in the studio on the front row and they even sang for us. Seeing the stars of the world unknown High above any human soul it's music theatre or gamelan theatre as we call it with Rhythm in Bronze and it's a story about some children who go looking for their missing parents without giving too much away and obviously on but it's about being on the waves, stories from under the sea, above the sea and in the sea. There is a definite story, there's an outer story and then similar to the last Bites of Delights we, we tell you some stories from around the world. Composing it is a real challenge and because it's really hard to compose something with just five notes and make variations of it and it's not just one song for this uh, production it's a lot of songs yeah. actually so It'll be performed like purely by children, right? So that'd be really nice to see. Yeah. I heard that they're really professional mm. and very focused. You know, while they're playing, there's also movement, there's also singing. And uh, they're also trained, you know, in theatrical performances. So faces, body language, mm. all that comes together as part of the performance. Mm. So pretty interesting. Um, there's another show, Kayan Yanar. That's the name. Right, stand-up comedy, <laughs> 17th August to the 22nd Chorus Hotel. Now, he's been touted as Germany's number one stand-up comedian. You know, I think stand-up comedy's been sort of increasingly becoming more popular. It's becoming quite posh. I mean, if you look at the tickets for this one, one of the shows that's taking place on the 17th will be accompanied with a sit-down dinner and the prices of the tickets start from 3000 and they go all the way up to 12000 ringgit. Wow. So people will pay good money to watch a guy crack funny jokes. Right, but on the 22nd, it will just be the stand-up show with ticket prices ranging from 120 to 350 ringgit. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I'm really excited about would be the Philharmonic Orchestra. They're yes. staging something called the Music of Led Zeppelin. Now, wouldn't that be interesting? So, you know, Led Zeppelin, as you know, is a major rock group, but they're a full-fledged orchestra. So you can imagine the sounds mm -hmm. would be pretty amazing. Brent Havens will lead the Malaysian Philharmonic Orchestra with this tribute to the 70s rock band and you can expect to hear classics like Stairway to Heaven, Cashmere, Whole Lot of Love, Days and Confused. It's happening on the 22nd and 23rd of August. I think it's 120 to 280 ringgit and you can find out more at mpo.com.my. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for something to do before the Philharmonic concert, um, there's the Good Vibes Festival that's happening on the 23rd of August from 4pm onwards. It's going to be at the Sepang International Circuit and this year we'll be seeing acts like Ellie Golding and Empire of the Sun. There will also <laughs> be local acts including Bittersweet, Kyoto Protocol, Lapsap and Danger Disco. If you're interested, you can head over to boxsticks.asia to buy tickets and for the full list of musical acts. Mm -hmm. I also heard that uh, the Hammam Spa in Publica has just opened a tea room mm -hmm. where they serve authentic Moroccan cuisine. They have a free Berber tagine lunch with purchase of any spa treatment above RM200. Are you a fan of the Hammam? I am. I mean, uh, have you tried it before? I have. <laughs> it's quite an interesting experience. Interesting experience. It's um, very intimate. <laughs> it's very intimate. Basically, a very strong woman comes up to you. You're totally buck naked. She scrubs you and bathes you and slaps oil on you, massages you. And when you come out of there, you know, you're glowing like a little baby. You're glowing. And then you realize how just how much dead skin is on your body. <laughs> when they're scrubbing and scrubbing away, you're just 
just like horrified. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 quite lovely. I think I recommend that everyone should do it at least like once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. So. Going with the spirit of the hammam spa, I think the tea room will actually be quite an experience too. It'll be probably a very exotic experience. So I've always liked the colours and the architecture in the hammam spa. Mm-hmm. So it'll be nice to be dining in that kind of environment, take pictures and just soak in, soak in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you know, back to nostalgia. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the 90s trend that has kind of invaded our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like it never went away. You had some suggestions, Tasha. On, yeah, um, I think the most current trend in, from the 90s that, that, I, that I'm seeing a lot of at the moment is the dip dyed. The dip dyed hair look that uh, Gwen Stefani used to have, mm-hmm. all the grunge girls used to have. And I thought I'd recommend a salon that does, a, I think, really good work with uh, dip dye. Uh, salon number 76, they're at uh, their Japanese-run salon with branches in Mid Valley, Montclair and Bangsa. Um, if you check out their Instagram page at number76style, you'll see heaps of pictures of customers getting their hair dip-dyed in all sorts of colours. And they've also got a 10 to 20% of uh, promotion at the moment until the end of August. Uh, so I think now would be a good good time to visit if you're looking for an update for your hair. Even if you're not going to go like crazy with pink and blue, it would still look nice to dip it with a bit of red, a tinge of blue, like dark blue would be quite nice. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, if you're a fan of reds or browns, you can just, you know, create that ombre effect. Mm. And those were some of the things you could be doing next week. And our resident couch potatoes, Edwin Sumun and Naamura are up next. But before that, here's Ride the Wave from Ombak, Tales from Above and Beneath the Waves, featuring Bites of Delights. You're listening to A Sunday Kind of Love with uh, me, Maya Tan, and Natasha Fusil on BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, this is Maya Tan on a Sunday kind of love. It's time to lay us on the couch and talk books, film and music once again with our resident couch potatoes. This week we have Edwin Sumun and Na'a Murad. Welcome, potatoes. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. You know, a recent article in the August issue of Vanity Fair kind of tipped me off on how the 90s has seeped its way back into our lives or no, has it even left? It never left. Not for me, you know. Exactly. It's still in the 90s. What year, what year is it? You know, there was this article also that popped up. Uh, Kurt Anderson from Vanity Fair wrote that since 1992, as the technological miracles and wonders have propagated and the political economy has transformed, the world has become radically and profoundly new. But here's what's odd. During these same 20 years, the appearance of the world, apart from computers, you know, phones, music right. players aside... Nothing has changed at all. It's hardly changed at all, less than it did during any 20-year period for at least a century. The past is a foreign country, but the recent past, the noughties, the 90s, even a lot of the 80s, looks almost identical to the present. And it came with this illustration, which kind of says it all. 1932, Zoot Suit. Um, right. 1952, James Dean leather jacket and Ray-Bans and the 70s with the afros and the bell bottoms. Yeah, 1992, yeah, pledge 
shirt and a 2012 plaid shirt. Plaid shirt. <laughs> And What's 2014, plaid shirt. Plaid shirt. I had this conversation with uh, my cousin, Aziz, who, you know, technologically, you know, since the 90s, things have just gone, you know. Um, anybody can just go onto the net and can get it as a fountain of information, so they say. But after all that, it doesn't look like people are more enlightened mm-hmm. or that, that, that in, a, in a world where, where information is, is, is uh, instant and, and views are, are instant, you know, you, you don't see people getting smarter or less violent or anything like that. The world is still pretty screwed up. Well, apparently, the crime rate did decrease by half, uh, you know, in the, in, world. In the where 90s. Where? In the Which 90s. country? In though? the US. Oh, in the US. US. Because they still had dial-up. So, it was slower to view things on the internet. So, they didn't have as much time to go yeah, out. And they couldn't make bombs fast enough. Yeah, no, no. Because yeah. they were waiting for it to load. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what we had until about 10 years ago or 5 years ago. If okay. those of you who are still on stream mix, well, you know it's never going to happen. <laughs> um, very few of us have unified. So, not a lot of us are making bombs. So, you know, today I thought being the original Ninets, right? We are the original Ninets. Well, that's what you mean by Ninets. The Ninets, yes. Having spent our misspent youth in the 90s wearing Doc Martens and a lot of plaid, we can address this cultural conundrum. I'm, an, I'm a Ninet? Are we, are we, no, no, no. no. Are, are you way before the Ninets? You're the Etet. I'm a nanobot. Yeah. The Okay, but first, you know, let's quickly look at the notable books launched this week. Colorless Tsukuru Tazaki. The Murakami book. Yes. Mm. yes. New Murakami. It's about a, a boy who has horrible, horrible experiences in high school. And all his friends, his best friends, had names uh, which meant a color in Japanese except him. So his name, Tazaki, does not have any color in it. And so he's that's why he's colorless Tsukuru Tazaki. Ah. And um, oh, the experience... Wow. The metaphors that Murakami uses, mm. I tell you, sometimes he's just too clever for your own good. Yes, he's very, very cryptic, known for very, very cryptic books. Yes. So this kind of comes off as a, a coming-of-age kind of book, but actually it's deeper and darker because you see him in his 20s and he's very different. You see him in his 30s and he's very different. And, you know, there are a lot of... Um, there are a lot of dark things happening. No, it's very interesting for him to release this book after 1984. Mm-hmm. Not the Orwell 1984. This is Murakami's book, which was... For a lot of people, a difficult book to read. I mean, it was nearly a thousand pages long, mm-hmm. but there was something quite profound about it. I mean, Murakami's style is always very... Some people think it's just boring because mm. he doesn't go anywhere because his lead characters just sit down, listen to jazz and eat pasta. Mm-hmm. But there is something quite beautiful about his writing. He's like the... He's like the antithesis of Coelho, you know, where Coelho just gives it to you about spirituality and finding yourself, whereas Murakami wants you to take your own personal journey. And, uh, and the spirituality and the mysticism comes when you, you don't expect it. Yes, like it's on page 950, <laughs> yes, 50 pages yeah. to the end of the book, then you go, oh my oh. God, finally. Yes. <laughs> and then oh. he, he'll do things, he'll take you to Hawaii. You think that, oh, the story's moved to Hawaii, it's going to get really exciting and weird things are going to happen. But it's just a slow observation of things and it just you just settle down with a book. It's um, yeah. perfect for a car potato because it's, it's it is it's one of those things Murakami writes for that he, he lets you really just sit back and savour well uh, the Washington Post <laughs> says that a Murakami novel always promises a provocative challenging and decidedly quirky perspective it generally concerns love sex and enemy and om- A-N-O-M-I-E and almost always <laughs> <laughs> yes he is an anomie of the He's state an anomie yeah. of the state <laughs> yeah. the only and, one anomie yeah, in yeah. the story yeah. Almost always there is a memorable piece of music at its core. Um, yeah. yeah. Norwegian so, wood or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Beatles, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, or jazz. Or jazz, yes. So, well, Phantom Murakami, you can look out for it. Colors Already in Kino Kuniya, by the way, the book has, mm. has got two different printings. It's got the one with a really, really nice cover, which is very interesting looking. And then there's a, a Kino Kuniya version. It's slightly larger, and I hope the print is larger because that's the one I'm probably going to get. Next See, book. Please, yeah. The King's Curse by Philippa Gregory. Ah. Oh, okay. Now what is she writing about? Mm. Yeah, the king's king? same thing like the king's curse but She's which of king course, yeah. well Henry VIII ah, um, the mad one yeah okay. just for the benefit of everyone you know she's a historical romance novelist mm-hmm. who brought us well actually not just romance it's a historical intrigue novelist I would say she brought us the other Boleyn girl and uh, in the king's curse you know Philippa Gregory gives us gives voice to those lost in the death throes of the I'm not going to read the blurb what the other women he didn't marry Re- read it with feeling okay well you know some of us may have seen BBC's adaptation of her books The Cousin's War mm-hmm. and so it's about the Plantagenets and it's the big tussle for the throne right yeah. in that time and Henry VIII came after so she's actually continuing the story of the White Queen BBC's The White Queen yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. and the Red Queen and, and so now it's daughter, right? yeah, three, three exactly books, yeah. so this is seen through the eyes of Margaret Plantagenet and uh, you know she bears witness to the actions of her very tyrannical cousin Henry VIII in his attempt to make his dynasty while going through lots of women. That's yeah. a very important yeah, part. Yeah. All the women. Yeah. All the women. And Margaret is the brother of the two princes in the tower. It's not even a fable, it's real, right? Margaret so that was the f- second one. The eldest was El- Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Was yes. Elizabeth who eventually became Yes, she was the Elizabeth, the Elizabeth right? She was yeah, okay. the first child who was At the beginning not acknowledged as the heir But that, that's the story But there's also that conspiracy theory in a book is about to release I mean, on after, after all of this That maybe Elizabeth really was a man But that's a different book altogether Right. But their stories mm. are really quite interesting Different writers who have this different take on the history of of the English exactly. royal family Elizabeth, yeah. the queen who would be queen yeah, but we don't know. It's <laughs> like the king. Like the king could have been a man. The king who wanted to be a queen. The king yeah. who... But yes. uh, uh, The White Queen, which is based on those three books, White Queen, Red Queen, Kingmaker's uh, Daughter. I never read the books, but I saw the series. Did you watch the series? No, I saw the first episode because it was free on iTunes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I thought, okay, interesting, but I've had enough of watching TV shows like this. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, watching too much of The Borgers and oh, but The it, Tudors. It, it, and it's the, not as, as um, focused uh, on, not as dirty, on the blood mean. and the sex. And yeah. it's a mini-series, which means that there's a start, a middle, and yeah. an and end. end which, yeah, yeah. They don't just plonk things into the plot just to keep the series going, you but know? Did it, Add this element of the fact that um, the White Queen Elizabeth and her mother were witches. So mm-hmm. every now and then they would pull a spell oh. because because in that uh, context, in that uh, period, there were a lot of things that happened to their favor. You know, mm-hmm. during the invasion, they would it's be this, so Shakespearean. There would be a storm. You know, things like that. So they, they said, why don't we make it so that these two were witches? So all those coincidental disasters that happened in their favor. Could have been their, their doing. It was very subtly done. It was this in the book? Was she a witch in the book? It was in the book. But ah, I mean, they, were, okay. they were not witches like, you know, flying around in brooms. But they, no, they, witches they, don't fly in brooms, nah. Hermione does. No, that's a different kind of witch. That's reality. <laughs> that's reality. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, knowing Philippa Gregory, there'll be all these intrigues and scandals, yes. you know. It'll be interesting. Quite interesting to read. She I does think. She does play with history. I mean, she in, in, in The White Queen, she posited that one of the princes in the tower actually was sent away and did not die. Mm-hmm. Um, that Elizabeth sent a, a changeling 
because she was afraid to put two of her sons. Yes, that was in the White Queen as well yeah, in the series. In the, in the yeah. series in the book. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So so she she does that. She she finds little um, urban legends of that time, and then and then if if it's viable enough, she turns it into part of the plot. So, so clever. Very and interesting. Cool. Yeah. And the last book is Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh, for those of you who like Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim is a series of graphic stories by Brian Lee O'Malley. It's about Scott Pilgrim, who's a slacker, part-time musician. He lives in Toronto and plays bass guitar in a band called Sex Bomb. And he falls in love with American delivery girl Ramona Flowers. Oh, this is about uh, Scott, Scott Pilgrim too, the second one? Or are you, are you describing... I'm just describing Scott Pilgrim and uh, some of you may know uh, of the movie that was based on these graphic novels, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, starring actor Michael Cera. Uh, that was released in 2010. So, Brian Lee O'Malley has created another series based on a girl called Katie. She's a talented young chef, runs a successful restaurant. Then all at once, everything goes wrong. Her charming ex-boyfriend pops up her fling with another chef goes sour. And the best waitress gets badly hurt. Oh. Yeah. So, so I see Brian O'Malley, I think there's all this allegory for his failed relationships, right? Probably. Like, I mean, if you're, in, if you're into American or American-Canadian youth culture, slacker culture. Yes, what's it all about? And boot, And also, if you're into anime and manga... You mash it together, and that's it. You know, it's uh, that's what that's what you get from Scott O'Malley. It's entertaining, though. I mean, it's uh, hmm. he, yeah. it will be entertaining because you know I love the the six books, and I thought the movie was kind of good. I kinda enjoyed good the too, movie. Yeah. I like Michael Sarah. I like everyone else in the movie actually. Oh really? Yeah. I like. Um, he was great in Juno. I mean, Jason Schwartzman in it was hilarious. Yes. I like uh, the girl. Um, I like the there. girl. I can't remember her name though. I like Brendan Ruth in it because you know I just think he's really good looking. <laughs> he who gets his powers from being a vegetarian. <laughs> yes. And then he gets fed a piece of meat and he loses his power. <laughs> I love really it. silly, silly stuff, silly stuff. It's all about, um, uh, you know, what 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 concerns the youth or young people. You know, like vegetarianism, being cool, girlfriends, excess. It's, it's cute. It's really yeah. funny. Music. I, I can imagine lots of people would get yeah. into that. I'm sure this will also be made into a movie, this new one, this Katie Girl. Sounds great. What's it called again? It's called Seconds because it's about, you know, seconds as in, you know, having seconds. Second chances. Second, second chances, having seconds for a meal, yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. So in movies, we have The Giver. And this is what the blurb says, In a perfect world where there's no conflict, racism or sickness, every member of society has a specific role. And 16-year-old Jonas is selected to be the receiver of memories. Oh. Yeah, there's a very haunting trailer with a scene with Taylor Swift in it. Oh, okay, I'm this is done. I'm done. No, watch it for Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges as well. Then you should have started with Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges were in this movie. You don't start it with T- Taylor Swift. T- Taylor I'm just, Swift completely switched uh, off just my brain. Just completely switched <laughs> off my brain. I'm like, Taylor, yeah, sure. Sorry, my couches are not up in a line today. <laughs> no, we, we don't want to talk about Taylor Swift. We want to be like intellectual. But, mm. but it's a surreal intellectual-y movie playing in KL. It's actually coming to... It, it is. Yes, it, will, it will. It is slated. Wow, okay. Yep. Opening this play week. Play for all of three days. So hurry. It's Taylor it. Swift. It'll play for more than three oh, days. We have the hundred foot journey. Yes. Yeah, that I want to see. Opening yeah. on the twenty eighth of August. Um, so that tells the story of an Indian boy living in France. So it's very picturesque. You know, it's set in the French countryside. I've seen the trailer. It's, it's quite yeah. pretty. Yeah. Oh. And he is a culinary apprentice to his father's rival, played by Om Puri. Om Puri is in this movie. Yes. The great Om Puri. 
And of course, he bridges the gap, and beautiful things happen. And he meets you know, a lovely French girl. Oh like, yes, he makes her some chapati. She makes him some baguettes. And meanwhile, the parents have a and, and the parents' hearts there. are softened by saffron. Yes, it's so much in ivory. Well, it's it's Leslie Hellstrom. He's he, he he's a actors director yes, really, and he loves he putting great actors together. And I just the idea of watching Ompuri and and uh, Helen and Mirren, Helen Mirren is, together is amazing. Never mind the kids; they'll be cute, I suppose. And it's beautifully shot because South of France or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just nice. It but it's Leslie Hellstrom. Yeah, he mm-hmm. has this beautiful picturesque. Images always. He tells such beautiful human stories. Yeah, and but his stories can be either the lighter ones or, the, or they go there or the heavier ones. Like his heavier ones are usually excellent. Well, like this this has been labeled drama, I suppose. Uh, but it yeah. looks, it looks but it has elements of comedy. Yeah, it looks quite light. It doesn't look too trailer. dark. Like yes. like 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 sh- chocolate. You know, some of his chocolate are like chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. But then, have you seen My Life as a Dog? Uh, yes. Shipping news. Shipping those news. Mm. But those are his heavier ones. Yes. But but even his lighter ones are worth watching. So you know, if anybody. Out there is tired of robots and turtles and that Newtons. kind of stuff. Please watch um, a good movie. Give, give this movie a chance. No, give uh, any movie outside of robots and turtles <laughs> and a aliens. chance. And aliens. Well, I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but that was a good one. I you can't know, say bad things about that. Yeah. The, the next one that I have is Into the Storm, which has been played <laughs> for quite a while, right? I saw the trailer. That Richard Armitage. So stupid. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. Yeah, no. Okay, I tell you it's what. It's all right? about tornadoes. Tornadoes. Okay, they have this scene, right? It's in a school. This is the trailer. Um, and all these um, very cute high school students are like, oh, help! And the teachers are pulling them into rooms or into the basement so they don't get sucked up to the roof that's beginning to be you know, pulled off by the, by the storm. And there's all these dramatic bits of people, hold on, you know, darling, don't die, whatever, you know, that usual corny disaster movie thing. And then they have this shot because they got an extra 10 million or something of the tornado hitting the airport. And there are planes being thrown in the air like leaves. And I'm like, if that's happening, you know, if airplanes, Jumbo jets could be thrown up in the air and leave. These people are still holding on to each other, going, "Hold on, no, the whole school would be gone." I mean, it's just so ridiculous, you know. It's right. Like <laughs> in music, Sinead O'Connor is coming out with a new album. It's called yeah. "I'm Not Bossy, I'm, I'm the, the boss. boss." I've only heard one song. It's called "How About I Be Me," and it's a reggae number. And you know, Sinead O'Connor, to me, she always had a lot of gumption. She always had a lot of. You know, besides the vocals, yeah, there was a lot of angst coming out in her music. I mean, she went up and became a priest, for God's sake. With the shaved head. (laughs) Priest of what, though? You can be a priest of anything, no? No, she was in the church. She was in the church? Yes. She was in the church. You know, cassock wearing. Church. But I thought she had she had um you know brain chemical issues. She was in in treatment. And then after that, she gave up the church, and then she decided now she's going to be a singer again. And on the Bob cover Bob. of this one, I'm not bossy, I'm the boss. She's got a black Uma Thurman pop fiction bob. She's mm-hmm. holding an electric guitar, and it looks like she's going the Gaga way. But then the music is reggae. Amongst other well, things. you can't you can't question Sinead O'Connor because she does write some pretty good music. She does. She yeah. does. But know. I can't imagine her voice on reggae because it's kind of. You know, it's actually changed quite wailing. a fair bit, and she doesn't wail that much anymore. She goes on a very low register now, mm. um, just to contrast from you know the days when she used to sing. It's been seven hours and fifteen days. Mm. Now it's like nothing compares to you, man. You know, <laughs> 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 nothing compares. Irene, nothing compares to you. Irene. Who is this Hairi you keep talking about? <laughs> He's the Prime Minister of Jamaica. Oh, Hairi. Hairi. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so anyway, the Gaslight Anthem 
is up next uh, with a new album called Get Hurt. If you like Bruce Springsteen, you know, I find that there are a lot of parallels with this band. They kind of exploded out of the New Brunswick punk underground with like 2007. New Brunswick is in Jersey, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, it was kind of punk to begin with. But now I just find there's a lot of good old-fashioned rock there. Very strong vocals, very Bruce Springsteen. and uh, Working class anthems, you know, yeah. Mm, but, but they're a little bit older now. And this album seems a little darker, a little sadder. Very becoming of our times. So Which give it a listen. Why is it that all these artists and writers, they get older, they get sadder? I mean, look at the three of us. We're getting older and we, we, we still want to... Excuse me, who's getting things? old? Speak for yourself. Older. You guys are n- n- nanites or whatever. Nine, nine, <laughs> nanites. We are nanics. Is that right? People from the 90s are the nanics. I'm an right? etic. You're an etic. <laughs> You're etics. <laughs> we are the nanics. <laughs> yeah, your next album, next album. Next album is FKA Twigs. Ah, yes. This girl LP is making the, making the moves into the industry, this one. If you like weird electronica and atmospheric futuristic synths, crystal clear angelic female vocals then you like this one I actually like it very much I like. I, I find like that you know when I want to get into the zone mm, this kind of music just my, which my, zone my, my favourite music zone where I need to work or cook yeah. or get I, I like it when, when, when the voice of the lead singer especially if a female is well, male too um, becomes the forefront of stuff you know, as it, opposed to as opposed to it's all about the, the music the jang, 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 you know you're talking about like Green Day right well, you can't really hear what he's singing. Yeah, well, that was even better than Green Day. Wow. And then finally, Smokey Robinson is out mm. with a new oh, album yes. called Smokey and Friends. Yeah, so okay. if you like Motown, The Miracles, The Four Tops, uh, Marvin Gaye, you know, um, I think you can expect a new take on those yeah, soul he, sounds. Mm, yes, and he's doing it, you know, with friends, all other singers. That seems to be the trend going on now with a lot of the more... Uh, Senior members of the music industry Because Barbara Streisand is also releasing an album soon In the next month or so called Partners mm. Where she does things with Josh Groban mm. uh, She has a song with um, Bruce Springsteen I cool. think, if I'm not mistaken You all got nothing to do already la. No, now they just sit down and yeah. actually just sing the do songs they, they want to want sing to yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Hmm. I wonder if Bob Dylan will be part of that Because he's another veteran I take my hat off to Yeah mm. Bob. Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll only take my hat off for Bob so Dylan. So Smokey, who's who's playing with Smokey? <laughs> okay, just trying to who's playing with Smokey? <laughs> the people causing the hits, lah. They are playing with Smokey, isn't it? No, no, uh, no, everywhere it's Smokey now. No, I'm talking about the bear, the one. Oh, and the bear. I'm talking about Yogi, the lah. Then no Smokey bear. You know the American uh. put out fires. Okay, never mind. Maybe that's no. what they why do you need a bear to tell you not to put start fires? You ask the Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't want to ask Americans anything anymore, okay? It's a bit scary. A bear has to tell you not to start a forest fire. You should know yourself not to start the fire, isn't it? We didn't start, start the, the fire. fire. <laughs> it was always burning since the world's been turning. Um, I tried to do that on karaoke just the other day. And and the, the 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 words are so fast, right? <laughs> and the the karaoke machine itself couldn't keep up. We were like, come on, come on. GFK blown away. What else do I have to say? <laughs> okay, oh so you know, back to the theme of the week, right? So the nanettes, the nanettes, the nanettes, the nanites. We are the original nanettes. Well, if we're talking about the nanettes, then we have to talk about. The nenek that that has recently just left us, which Yala. is Mrs. Doubtfire himself. Yes, Nanu Nanu, Nanu yes. Nanu, Mark. Totally, totally crushing. Absolutely, news. absolutely. 
I mean, yeah. I don't think there's anybody out there who who does not at least like him in you know, some way. His, in yes. some way, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledge that the guy was, you know, an entertainer at the, at, at the very least. I mean, there were a lot of people who, when when Michael Jackson passed, there were a lot of people who didn't like his music but had to admit that he was a brilliant entertainer. Mm-hmm. He knew he knew his stuff and. So and really, I think uh, his work just crossed all generations from those of us who enjoyed Good Morning Vietnam to yeah. Aladdin, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mm. A lot of kids nowadays, the, the okay, the... the, the what, After what, the Nenex, what, what the, 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 the Nonots. The, no, the Naughties, right? The Naughties. The Nonots. The Nonots. The Nonots, they love Jumanji. Yeah, they they yes. they completely like like I'm um, on Twitter. It was like when Robin Williams passed, there were people going like, "Oh my God, I'll miss Mark." Oh my God, um, Carpe Diem, or whatever. And some were like, "Oh, Jumanji, Jumanji." That you mm-hmm. know, he, he and he also did something called Flubber. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I love Which that movie. It was remember. a remake. Flubber was a remake from of the old nineteen oh, fifties. Yeah. Fred McMurray films, yeah. back in black and white. The first one was, but in the nineties, he was first breaking into movies. I think because um um Mark and Mindy kind of wrapped in the mid eighties or something like that. Or early eighties. Early eighties. I was. Still a kid, you were a teenager by then. <laughs> yeah. But in the nineties, he was already beginning to do things like, um, uh, you know, Dead Poet Society and stuff like that. But you know, to tell you the truth, I, I felt that a lot of his movies were very corny. So most of the Hollywood didn't really know where to put him. I mean, they were good movies, some of them. But you know, he is he is an if if nothing else, he is an improv genius. He's an mm-hmm. improvisational actor, and and that's where his brilliance lay. And sometimes in some of the scripts he got, he couldn't really show. You could see his mind working, but he had to follow yeah. a script. He had to be quite. You know, he got better later doing darker characters. But if you really want to see his brilliance, I mean, this is to people who, who um, suddenly want to discover Robin Williams or think they know Robin Williams, you should watch him. Strangely enough, when he makes appearances on talk shows. Just, just YouTube it. Whether it's Craig Ferguson, it's or anywhere. Leno, but also when he was on Inside the Access Studio, when he was Inside the Access Studio for two hours, he just riffs. He just goes on, and you can see how brilliant he is. At the same time, he does stop every now and then to take a breath and to talk about what improv acting is. You get a little peek into how brilliant his mind was. Let's listen to a little clip now. This is James Lipton interviewing Robin Williams on Inside the Actors Studio. All of us admire the lightning-fast physical reflexes of great athletes. For those of us who have not been blessed with your gift, how do you explain the mental reflexes that you deploy and are deploying tonight with such awesome speed? Are you thinking faster than the rest of us? What the hell is going on? Damn it, man, what's going on with you? Jim, I'm a doctor, not a busboy. I don't know why. What is it about your mind? What is it that does this thing to you? I, try to explain yourself. Comes from a deep part inside myself that was actually looking for my mother, but yet I saw that moment when she looked up there and I went, okay, I'll be funny for her, but that, okay, that's fine, work that way. Come back out from that and then realize after a while that I want to be, except you like me, you really like me. No, it's not that. No, it's not that I can be trained. I can actually show you how intelligent I am. I can use a word like delicatessen and know what it means. <laughs> or invertebrate. <laughs> or invenerate. <laughs> or degenerate. <laughs> but all of that is all part of it because it's all part of the mind that actually flows like that. Because I realize that the human mind is a three and a half pound gland that pumps neurons constantly and deals with itself by responding to stimulus. That's what we're designed to do, evolving slowly. Even Darwin's going, I have hopes. I had such high hopes. It's all part of it. Because I believe the human mind is adapting and evolving slowly but surely, but I'm trying not to speak that fast because 
eventually you have to catch up. <laughs> if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? There's seating near the front. <laughs> the, the concert begins at five. It'll be Mozart, Elvis, and uh, one of your choosing. Or, or just a nice, if heaven exists, to know that there's laughter. That would be a great thing. Oh, yeah. Just to hear God goes, two Jews walk into a bar. <laughs> wow, that was powerful. Thank you, Couch Potatoes. Uh, before we go, here's a little bit more of Robin and a song from the soundtrack of Good Morning Vietnam, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, it's another delightful day here in vacation land. Time to get up, get up wherever you are. That's right, rise and shine, rise and shine. Got some songs going out right now to a couple of guys on the road to Natrang. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, Mr. O'Malley, O'Malley, you know, the Irish Dolby Twins. They're out there. Special song going out to you right now. I see trees of green. Red roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world This is BFM 89.9 You're tuned in to A Sunday Kind of Love Maya Tan here We've been talking about some of the things you could be out and about doing next week and uh, we listened to our couch potatoes go on about the 90s and Robin Williams. If you missed any part of the show, catch up with the podcast on bfm.my. And if you're still trying to break out of the festive slump, here's Tasha with a few life hacks to get you refreshed and zinged up for the coming week. The warm fuzzy glow of Raya is slowly dimming and with the open houses or what I like to call rendang binge festivals are drawing to a close, we're now back to the daily grind of work or university. This post-Raya recovery can feel a little draggy and tiresome, so we thought this week why not go through some quick life hacks on how to stay fresh and alert at the workplace. We'll start with an easy one first, sunlight. If you're feeling tired, you can just try exposing yourself to a little bit of sunlight. A bit of vitamin D never hurt anyone, so if you're starting to feel a little snoozy during your low points in the day, take a chance to step outdoors and soak in some sun and appreciate the surroundings. Dehydration actually causes more fatigue, so you can curb this by drinking 2 litres of water a day. You can keep tabs on your water intake by using a 1 litre bottle that has measurements on it. Take a permanent marker pen and label time markers onto the measurements. So this will force you to drink a certain amount by a certain time. And for those who hate drinking water, this makes chugging down 2 litres of water a little bit more manageable. Plus, you'll constantly be going on bathroom breaks and that's going to keep you active and moving throughout the day. Snacking! Sometimes when I'm tired at work and I feel myself losing focus, my go-to fix is always to grab a snack. I'm all for snacking, but of course we have to snack responsibly. Olivia, my colleague, always keeps a Tupperware of trail mix with her so she's not tempted to gorge in the chocolates and chips that are in the pantry. So it's a good idea to always keep a stash of healthy options in your snack drawer. Coffee is another option and it's a lifesaver, but like snacking, it should be consumed responsibly. There are also studies that show chewing gum can have the same boosting effect as caffeine. While the boost only lasts 20 minutes or so, it's still a good alternative to taking too much caffeine. It also helps boost the circulation blood flow through the brain by 25 to 40%. That means more oxygen is going through the brain which can help improve short-term memory by apparently 35%. It sounds like a made-up bunch of statistics but this is actually legit information coming from Andrew Sholey, a professor at the British Sciences Institute in Australia. 
Another easy way to perk yourself up throughout the day is to do quick breathing exercises. This one is called the breath of fire yogic technique. All this is is taking deep breaths through your nose. So with every inhale and exhale, you're pushing your abdomen out and into your diaphragm. Let's try this. You know you're doing it right if you make that strange fire breathing dragon sound. And lastly, we have acupressure. So acupressure is where you apply pressure to certain points in the body to remove blockages that would stop energy from flowing freely throughout your body. So if you're in a meeting and you're starting to feel a little drowsy and tired, there are actually some easy acupressure techniques that you can do to counteract the drowsiness. Of course, I have to add a disclaimer that these are exercises for you to try at home or in the office, not when you are in the middle of driving your car. And there's actually lots of different types of acupressure exercises available, but I've chosen four that I think are fairly easy to do when you need a quick pick-me-up. The first one is um, to apply pressure on your philtrum, which is the curvy groove between your nose and your lips. So you just put your finger there, apply pressure and take three deep breaths while you firmly press down on the center of the philtrum. The second one would be to pull your earlobes down. Again, all you need to do is take three deep breaths while you gently tug on your earlobes. Just pull them down. They actually feel quite, quite comforting. <laughs> okay, the third one is to measure a thumb's distance away from your earlobes to locate the pressure points on the back of your skull. Then with your thumbs, press down on that point for three breaths tilting your head back each time after each breath. For the last one, we've chosen a technique for the pressure points just below your knees on your shin. Ball your hands in a fist and use the joints of your fingers to massage or knead that part of your shin. It's just rub, 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 rub. I hope that these tips help you bust out of the post-festivity blues. If you have any comments or suggestions for the life hacks you'd like, tweet us at BFM Radio and let us know. Life hack. Hiya! <laughs> And that was another episode of A Sunday Kind of Love. We hope you liked it. I'm leaving you with a song from the soundtrack Clueless. This is Supermodel by Jill Sobu. Have a spiffy Sunday and look out for Tasha and me next week on A Sunday Kind of Love. Sundays at noon, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.